Hello and welcome back to the Australian Revolutionist. It has been uh, a little while now. Um, hope you've all been well. Um, I think in Australia we feel pretty lucky currently um, as people are, I guess in some areas feel like there is no pandemic but in a lot of areas um, people are starting to I guess go back to some semblance of being able to go out and do things so that is a positive. Um, I think it's been a while. I think I've and me and James have both um, been trying to, I guess, look for topics that we thought, you know, that we could be of benefit um, to to your knowledge during this time. Um, and just wanted to take some time out to really um, think about what uh, what you might want to to know next, or what what might be useful um, during this time. So today's uh, episode uh, is going to be about a job guarantee, um, and I'm not sure. Uh, how many people will actually be familiar with the fa uh, the phrase um, because it is kind of a semi-popular thing that has been around for a while, but uh, I guess it kind of fades in and out of the uh, mainstream conversation. I uh, brought James uh, along today as well to discuss the, the topic, which will be great as always. Um, so we're gonna go through a few other things. We're gonna talk about what it is, um, you know, what, what you know, what does it involve? What would the jobs be? Um, what would Australia's plan be? Um, and I guess what the cost of that uh, might be. So hopefully it'll just be, a, I guess, a, an informational kind of thing to get you all thinking about um, the concept if you hear it in the news um, and what, you know, your own thoughts, um, you know, on the topic itself. Um, all right, so I guess just um, let us know how you're going. How, how are you, James, just to kick things off? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah. It's been a really good week. I've uh, finished my last ever university assignment. Yeah. And I, it's a bit premature to say, but I, I, I've kind of officially graduated. Yes, big congrats. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Let's Can we get a, an applause from all the people <laughs> who are listening, which we're not going to get back, but you know. <laughs> no, that that is great. So so now you'll be, we'll be full-time on the podcast. Yeah, no. now I'm going to be a full-time qualified barista. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, graduate. If you, if you go into a uni with a great graduate starting salary, then you know you should um, you should be fine. I say that um, tongue in cheek. Um, okay, so let's um, let's I guess start it off. Um, I might um, I've pulled uh, to get some research to kind of explain the topic today. So I might just um, read out a bit of a definition of what the job guarantee is to to start it off. Um, so there's a professor that I follow um, in Australia called uh, William Mitchell. He's um, a professor of macroeconomics. Um, he's actually the co-creator uh, of a theory that I've started to read about and learn called modern monetary theory. Um, and basically his definition of what a job guarantee is, and he's um, uh, really a kind of, I guess, a, a forefounder of, of this, um, I guess, the modern version of what it could be. Uh, he talks about it being offers a job at a uh, to anyone um, at a living, social, inclusive wage um, to anyone who wants work but can't find employment. Um, I guess a couple of questions you might have from that definition might be, well, what's a, you know, what's a minimum socially inclusive wage? Um, you know, I've done a bit of research, and um, I think according to to himself, he he um, that represent enough so that someone can live a dignified and social life uh, in the present uh, day economic system. Um, you know, it. W I think a lot of people might mistake that for thinking that um, you know it'll be an excessive amount of money where you know people can go on these lavish holidays and you know live all these excessive lifestyles. Um, you know, but it's not it it's not going to be like an excessive, um, you know, large sum uh, figure, but it's it's enough so that people can actually go out and do a few things and not actually live uh, at a poverty line rate. Yeah. Um, 
So that's, I guess, where that socially inclusive wage, you might hear what that's where that definition, I guess, comes from. Um, the, the minimum wage, um, he talks about the minimum wage shouldn't be uh, should not be determined by the capacity uh, to pay uh, for the for, of the pay of the private sector. So really, um, when we're setting up what the minimum wage should be for a job guarantee, um, it should be an expression of what we want as a society to be the lowest acceptable standard of living. Um, and anyone in the private sector who can't pay that, um, they they shouldn't be there, and they they will not be able to get workers um, below that that set rate. Um, so I guess, hopefully that's a bit of a, I guess, a, an overview. Maybe, um, James, did you want to come in here and I guess, did, did that sound, was that a bit of a complex, um, way to explain it or was that, um, no, well, like, no, what I was reading before is like back in 2018, when they took the statistics, there was 201,000 jobs offered in the private sector being advertised and um, that was for basically for 772,000 unemployed Australians looking for full-time paid work you know that's almost uh, four unemployed Australians competing for every available job so I think that summarizes it pretty well so there's not enough jobs uh, for the amount of unemployed people that there are in our society currently in the private in the, if that's what the government I guess we can look at the current policy of what the, uh, the Liberal government do is that they say, well, you know, everyone's got to be looking for a job, you know, they've got to go and that they don't see the public sector as a provider. They, they are saying, no, people just need to, you know, suck it up and look for jobs and there's enough. They don't really, I guess, give enough to the fact that I don't think there's really ever been an acknowledgement that there isn't really what the statistics are showing There's there isn't really enough jobs out there for starters for people to be able to slot into. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And then, but what we keep doing is we keep deregulating and privatizing these sectors, keeping more and more people unemployed. And that's what I suspect that, you know, I guess when we look at the, the, the main parties, they are funded by these private industries. Mm. So, you know, we can kind of draw some, some conclusions as to why those parties yeah. might actually want that privatization because it gives them a job after their, their political career and it also benefits then, their, their, but then we have the, the public also, you know, pushing our job seekers basically into lower and lower income support uh, until they do find a job, you know, mm. and which is bringing them well below into this poverty line. Exactly. And actually, um, well, it's probably come up uh, again in, in this episode, but, um, yeah. you know, talking about that, it's like, you know, who does it benefit most when we have such a high number of unemployed people? Because I guess it, it benefits in the way I look at it, it benefits employers because if there's a large amount of workforce out there, um, they can use that as a suppression um, tactic to suppress wages and make people who are, are employed um, decrease their bargaining rights because they yeah. know that there's more, I guess, fodder to feed the machine. And that yep. like, you know, it's, it's, it's almost deliberate for the government to have an unemployment. That's what I believe that, that yeah, it's no, that's deliberate policy. Um, because yeah, it, it, it seems to always benefit the people who have the most or who are employers. Um, so it, it doesn't really benefit employees, I guess. I think what people might actually be familiar with, and um, if they, um, I guess, heard about the, the American um, political campaign of Bernie Sanders, um, his one of his main platforms um, for his run in 2016 and 2020 uh, was a job guarantee program. So I guess I just wanted to quickly touch on what Bernie Sanders um, proposed in America. So he was uh, he was aiming to create 20 million jobs. Um, as part of, and his, his job guarantee was uh, linked in with the Green New Deal um, that his policy platform was founded upon. 
Um, and his goals were, I guess, rebuilding the crumbling infrastructure in America um, and cr creating a 100% sustainable energy system. Uh, I pulled a bit of a quote from his website, I guess, to summarize it as well, is that um, he said that we can, we can and should have full employment, uh, have a full employment economy. In 1944, President Franklin um, Roosevelt, uh, Dick Roosevelt, talked about the right uh, of every American to have a job. Um, and that was true then, and it's true today. A job guarantee will lower the crime rate, improve mental health, and create a stronger sense of community. Um, and it will create a much healthier and happier America. So that was pulled straight from his website. Uh, I guess it talks to um, you know the goals of, of the job guarantee program in America, but I think it does actually provide a really good simplistic explanation of what a job uh, guarantee program around the world really could look like, um, especially things like saying like a lower crime rate. I think a lot of people might look at that and go, well, how does that tie in here? But I think if you, you, you look at it at a deeper sense is that, you know, when we when people are at employment, you know, they've got a sense of purpose in their lives. And we know that crime, um, there's, there's no coincidence that crime rates are highest in the, the lowest, um, you know, uh, portions of our society, because, you know, they're, they're trying to live, they're trying to be able to, to scrape by. So I guess, uh, you know, I, it's just really interesting to, to hear that, you know, a job guarantee could tackle so many um, you know, intersecting issues, really. Where, um, where have we seen in the world a, like a kind of like a similar scheme to a job guarantee that has worked or that, you know, like I was saying before we started this, we saw Reagan and Thatcher attempt this in the 70s. Has there been any reattempt, I know, of anything? Well, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't, um, you know, maybe, maybe people, yeah, yeah. No, I should, have, I should have actually looked it up, to be honest. I don't know. I mean, look, in, in the time that I've followed it, I, I haven't heard of one, but um, I'm sure there's examples um, of areas uh, around the world that, that do do it. Um, but I don't think that there's been a really strong federally instituted um, jobs guarantee within you know the last since since the 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 clock dawned over onto the 2000s um that's for sure um but yeah do you do you know of any james or no no that was just like shooting but i, I think we can sorry i'm just rudely interrupted by um i think i think like what we we're trying to bring up earlier i think does that stem down to like the lobbyists that these private guys private companies have on the grips and political mm. powers and i i would say that you know, I guess if we're trying to figure out why there hasn't been that strong movement um, as compared to maybe back in the 19th, um, you know, the 1900s, uh, let's say. Well, I mean, that's a big century, but, you know, in those times where uh, FDR rolled out the um, the New Deal um, and that that's that comes to mind for me as, as the last time um, something like that was done. But I think you're right, like saying that, you know, all of this privatisation um, and uh, corporate... Um, globalization that's occurred um especially given you know from the 2000s to now it's coincided i think mm. by no coincidence with the fact that unemployment's risen wages have stagnated um as as there's this been been this massive approach um for for the public to be able to um you know bail out um private companies who do the wrong thing and speculate um and yeah i i in context to what you were saying about FDR and what he rolled out in the 1930s, I think would we be able to pinpoint that to the Great Depression that was happening at the time and also mm. the potential recession or even depression that we're going to be facing in the next few months if, if there is one? Um, 
maybe we might see a big change with job guarantee coming into the future you know getting all those public services back it's unfortunate that we weren't able to get virgin when it now it's in receivership mm. because that would have been great but maybe yeah that could be a really big link yeah i think you're right i think you're right like it was it, it, exactly it was a response to the great the great depression um back when fdr rolled it out and i think you're right we are in in a similar um and i would say well i i think that australian figures will continue to roll in but us you know you can look around the world especially for america they're in a they're in a far worse position than they were when fdr rolled out that that program and i think in australia we are going to see the same um you know not to the level that america will um, just to jump you know, quickly but, um, yeah it was only weeks ago we were speaking you're telling me that they hit the i think it was like four weeks ago at the time you're saying that they hit the highest rate of unemployment ever in american history yeah yeah um and i know what the figure would be now uh i believe the figure and i i believe the figure officially was at 19 0.2 percent um but there's a lot of um there's a lot of evidence out there that that's actually underestimating the actual amount um of of uh, unemployed because a lot of people and this is actually the same in australia which i'll touch on later is that um people it doesn't really count for the fact that people who stop actually looking for jobs um during that period so that's a large number of people as well especially in australia but in america you know doubling they've they've got way more population than australia that when you factor those levels in um you know by sheer number um i remember i looked at a graph that um william mitchell posted on his blog and um the sheer number of of jobs lost um in a peak period has been is exponentially higher um than any other period um in history uh for america and it's just absolutely astonishing it's an astonishing um amount of people that have died now at a hundred thousand um and yeah study after study comes out says it could have been preventable so but i guess yeah that's um yeah if if donald trump didn't you know dismantle obama's plan his pandemic plan and his team that he had to prevent these type of issues after the ebola virus but you know that's probably another topic for another day (laughs) yeah it probably is um I guess just the other things I wanted to to touch on here when we're talking about what is the job guarantee in, in itself is, um, you know, some other points are that job guarantee workers um, would enjoy stable incomes um, and what uh, would happen as a result of, of people increasing their, their incomes and having it, you know, that stability is that they would increase their spending, would actually which would actually boost confidence throughout the economy, um, which would actually serve as a multiplier for the private sector to start to rebuild. Um, itself Um, and you know you would start and this is another point here is this is why um, the job guarantee is such a larger concept especially when you're looking at it through macroeconomic lens is that um, a job guarantee pool so the pool of people who work within it expands when the private sector activity declines so to use that as an example um, the current time period we're in you know businesses are shut down the private sector um, have taken a retraction so during that time people are losing their jobs the job guarantee pool uh, the people who are going to be employed um, under that expands um, and then the, the opposite happens so when the, the private sector starts to come back um, they start to hire from that job guarantee pool um, so then it serves as I guess a natural rate of absorption for the economy to I guess keep it at a productive capacity um, so that we can you know maintain a, a full a full employment uh, economy 
Um, and I guess to, to, to add to uh, you know, the definition as well, it'd be Commonwealth funded, so it'd be federally funded, yeah. but it would also be coordinated in, co uh, in cooperation with local regions. Um, so you know, to, to, to use an example, um, you know, Toowoomba, you know, you, you would it'd be federally funded, but you would, um, it would be you know, coordinated the actual jobs yeah. through local regions it, in which you yeah, live. Yeah, it's locally administrated initiative. Yes, yeah, yeah, spot on. Um, and you know, that ensures that there's value adding work going into the communities across the country. So, yeah. you know, um, it, it can serve as really important um, to build infrastructure for the future, say, as an example. We might, I, uh, we might move on to Australia specifically um, within the jobs guarantee. Yes, we are um, the Australian revolutionists. We are, we are the Australian <laughs> revolutionists, so I suppose it's a good, good time to start to focus back be. into Australia. The old Americans are always taking our topic. Yeah, they are. Well, I mean, when you've got a president, when you've got a reality star president, yeah, when I mean, you have such a cool, you know. When you have a guy that was on WWE, now the president <laughs> mm. of the United States. Yeah, yeah. Look, if only Scom, or maybe we can get him on the field when he's back, and Let's get someone can tackle him down. Yeah, <laughs> Big Brother. Yeah, I would pay to see that. Scom made the Big Brother contestant. <laughs> he actually is Big Brother. That's oh, the. Mate. He's Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> Big Brother. Um, did you download the app? Uh, yeah, I did eventually. Um, I did a bunch of research on what um, privacy experts were saying, and I think yeah. they ended up actually saying that it wasn't going to be a risk to most people. I don't think journalists and people like that would probably be encouraged to, to use it, but I don't think it's going to be effective. Um, but I just thought, uh, if it's not going to be of harm, um, you know, I could probably do it. Did you download it? I did because ScoMo said we got an early mark. <laughs> yeah. We downloaded it. I'm still, still waiting for my early mark. True. Well, you know, we're all in school as uh, we're all we treated are. like children. So, you know, we're <laughs> yeah, all... that's exactly it. So when I get my, <laughs> no hat, no play. No, no hat. Stop drop and roll. Yeah, that's it's all it. The... Stop drop and roll. <laughs> we got Harold. That we got Harold. The the Harold the giraffe coming across the teachers. Well, yeah, we'll soon see him. Um, yeah, puppeting the um the Harold. Um... Harold Alrighty. <laughs> um. Okay. So basically, I think people may have seen it. Uh, in in Australian headlines, especially in in the last uh, week or so. Uh, the Australian Greens Party announced uh, a form of a job guarantee um, in their platform as a response to the recovery. So uh, they announced uh, that um, basically anyone under 30 would be guaranteed a job, um, a better income or a free place at university or TAFE. So the policy uh, is coined invest to recover um, and the jobs and income guarantee would create uh, around 870,000 jobs split between industries um, and work such as re restoring the environment, manufacturing, um, building a sustainable infrastructure and expanding health services. So that was, um, that was a big announcement from the Greens and obviously this is what they would do if they, if they could enact that plan, you know, um, that's, their, that's their goals. Um, that's, that's what they're, they're trying to advocate for, I suppose, with their um, position in the Senate. Um, but what did you think, James, when, when you heard um, this announcement, I guess, coming from mm, the Greens this week or last week? I, I think, think it was great. Been. Like the way it was explained to me is just the same way that we go through our public education up until the age of 18, um, we're going to go to school, uh, primary school and high school. The exact same thing should be offered to us when we graduate school. There should be, we should be um, offered and guaranteed a job right after gradu graduating, and that's where basically we should take off from there. Mm. And, yeah, uh, I yeah. I think it's a great initiative. Yeah, I think it's 
Uh, well, it's mirror. It's mirroring. Um, you know, as we we're just talking about before, the FDR, and and you know, we are going into a recession um, of some form. Uh, I think you know, I probably you know, I probably aren't qualified enough to say how deep the recession will be, but okay. but in a form of a recession, we are definitely going into as a result of this um, COVID nineteen pandemic. So, I think that the um, the response to the pandemic has to come at this uh, that has to address the the size um, and the um, I guess the precedent that, that that's been set by this pandemic. So you know the schemes that um, that Liberal Party are coming up with in government have nowhere near nowhere near been enough to, I guess, address the economy and people as we come out of um, this this time. So I think it's, that was good to see that there was some vision. It is, but it's kind of lacking with the Albanese's party as well. There's really lack of vision in there as well, which is a bit concerning. So. Mm it kind of feels like we are going to be backed up against the wall for a while well that's what i would say is like labor have done a poor job in my yeah. view of being in opposition during this time um yeah. it's like one day albo is um you know up the the pm for something but then the next he's like his best friend and saying no we've got to work with the government the thing is like you know, are you an opposition party uh, or are you trying to suck up to potential voters you might get in three years time? Like, it's just, it's not, um, especially when it comes to like leaving out people in, in the JobKeeper scheme and all of that, it's just been weak. And I heard that, um, and he might've changed positions on this again, but I heard that he was actually supportive of the fact that he doesn't, the Labor don't think that the job um, seeker rate should um, stay the same. And I thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. really like, like, you know, <laughs> It feels like the Greens are are offering the only alternative. I guess on the left, I'm sure One Nation or whatever or like that are offering something different on the right. But um, if you're uh, if you're after something that isn't, I it, guess, racist and inhumane, the yeah. Greens feel like the only opposition uh, it, for the people on the left. And it just kind of it kind of sucks because a lot of people's perceptions like, oh, here's the Greens offering like another like policy that cannot be met. By any means, mm. but like it's like a lot of the policies the Greens put are possible. They just never actually met with any support by these two major parties. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I think the thing is to remember is like a lot of the policies the Greens have been working on for years have been enacted during this time, like mm. free childcare, yeah, um, yeah exactly. raising the rate. Like these things have been called day on yeah. day from News Corp. But just but just anyone really out there who who looks at the Greens and says our oh, tree huggers or whatever, you know, it's all been enacted by a conservative um, party who you know yeah. have done um, irre irrehensible things to people who are unemployed over the years. So I just think, like. We should remember that um, that you know. Let's just give it. Let's hear it out. Like it's okay if you want to disagree on things, but let's just hear it out and not just dismiss it um, at its first call. Especially after this time, we should just at least hear what the plan. I, I know, like the main criticism criticism of Greens policies seems to be always that oh, it's just going to cost us you know thousands of dollars. It'll put us into debt, which we will get to actually. There's going to be a I guess a section on the cost of a job guarantee um, later in this segment, but um, yeah, that it. I feel like, you know, if anyone, like, I, I think people could agree, people listening, I don't know about you, James, but like, um, you know, you hear all these things about a jobs guarantee and, you know, all of the good that it could do. Most people would say, I, I would think, okay, it would be a good thing. Could we, like, depending on where you range on the political spectrum, you might disagree with, could it ever happen or how much it would cost? But I think people looking at it from a saying, saying, could it happen? Uh, sorry, if, if I would like that to happen, I think most people say, yeah, I'd love for that to happen Let's if it was possible. Let's rebuild the public sector. Yeah. I think, I think it's just like, 
people get into the nitty gritties of saying, well, you know, it'd be, of course, it'd be great if we could have a jobs guarantee, but, you know, I just don't think it's going to be possible. So that's the thing. I think people just need to come back for a second and remember, like, what do we want to be? That's what we have to decide out of this crisis. And if we, we really have to define what the bottom level has to be. And if we want people to be able to have a job, and we've just seen that, um, you know, there's lots of statistics pointing towards the fact that there's not enough jobs for the amount of unemployed out there. We need to offer something for people, um, and there's so many benefits um, to doing that. So, you know, let's focus. Yeah, what? What well, I was just sorry, just going to quickly jump in here with, mm. was like, you know, um, another good thing. Like, you know, you know, we've been doing a bit of volunteering, um, and it just brought into light when I was looking into it. Imagine if these like registered charities, uh, for instance, could actually offer government-funded jobs and stuff like that. So basically, what people felt like they were doing in the good of their heart does offer a bit more incentive to do it. But, you know, when we are doing this, it's feeding the homeless, um, building shelters, you know, replanting as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's essential work that really yeah. needs. And that's the joke. That's what the, the joke really has been. This whole pandemic is like, oh, you know, we've all clapped our, our nurses and our, um, you know, grocer, uh, you know, what do you call um you know, grocery uh, assistance uh, and yeah. stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words. I don't know why. I used to be one. So right, now I'm good. Um, <laughs> cashiers, cashiers. Cash that's what we're looking for. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's been the joke of the whole thing is like, oh, you know, how great are our essential workers? The thing is, it really, it's an empty statement. Like all these people saying this shit, like if you, if you really thought they were essential, you would have been paying them um, way more than they've been getting. Um, yes. And they've been the brunt of society for so long. So I just yes. think it's such an empty statement, everyone clapping all these people when they don't want you claps. They actually just want to be treated with a bit of dignity and they yes. need to enough enough money to be able to live. So I think that's, that's funny. That's what's been the funny joke about all of this, um, you know, out of this time is like, can we just, can we stop giving them empty statements and actually put some policy and some I'm real... I'm going to keep buying all this food so when the nurses get off their 24-hour shift, they got nothing to eat when they get home. <laughs> I love them so much. They yeah, yeah. Great job. Or we're going to walk in the street and, and you know, with, yeah. um, you know, in a pandemic, we're going to walk yeah. all together in a street and celebrate them. Like, they don't want that shit. That's going to make their job harder, you know, or like, it's just, um, people just, I think, forget, and it's driven by mainstream media. It really is. And it's just, it's, it's, Maybe I just think it's network. empty. It's- yeah, look, it could be. It could be it could the five G. It could be the nanotech that's the in our brains that is controlling us. That's but, it, dude. Yeah. Uh, so let's get on to. I think the next question people might have is: Okay, so we've talked about a jobs guarantee. We've talked about the broad structure of that it'll provide jobs for anyone who wants it. You know, it'll be it'll pay um, at a socially inclusive wage. Mm-hmm. What what speci- like we just touched on a, a you know a few. Here's of the, a result in, from search. Oh, geez, <laughs> my, my my Google's going off. I'm sorry we about still, that. We spoke about the um, 5G now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm being targeted. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't um I should have turned that off. Um, but yeah, so we spoke about we talked about the broad industries that would um the jobs would be in. So let's talk about what specific jobs um that people might do just to give people some examples of you know to, to put it into context i guess to go oh okay that's what some you know that's what a job that could be so aged i've got care. some yeah aged care is definitely one to start yeah. it off so as funny enough as well yep so Centrelink. so all of this expansion in what would um what would be and this is um i'm just going to read some of the greens what they had touched on with their plan what that would cover um you know is getting australia to running on 100 percent renewables so that in itself is a massive task so that's going to require massive job creation in that area so you know to, i guess to give some examples you know you might be working on um uh you know building solar panels or building wind farms or uh, 
um, you know, working on a hydro farm or something like that. And, and, you know, you might say, oh, well, but I don't know how to do that or whatever. But the thing is, all of the training required um, to be able to do that would be provided and fully funded by the government. Um, so, you know, in, in, let's not even get into the cost or all that stuff yet. We just want to talk about the jobs. Um, you know, another one could be the Habitat, Habitat Task Force. That would be restoring, um, you know, the 12.6 million hectares burnt in the recent bushfires um, and help make the rivers and lakes swimmable again. I mean, imagine that. Like, most people would agree with yeah. that, that that needs to happen. But, you know, I guess engaging the fact that that won't happen unless there is big um, public investment because to the private industry, they don't, they don't, that wouldn't, they won't, they don't care but, about that. But people are like, I don't end my $5. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and see, that's the problem. That was a bit of a, a rot at the time. Um, and you're right, that caring, you know, expanding aged care sector. So that would come from a broad, I guess, base of expanding our healthcare sector. Yeah. So childcare, um, well, childcare, yeah. So providing, um, yeah, providing, I think, well, one of the Greens policy would be providing free childcare. But I mean, you know, in terms of providing jobs for people, that would be definitely an avenue to go down. Um, you know, if, in, in the fact that it would be giving people under 30 a, um, a place for free at TAFE and uni, you know, there'd be lots of jobs in the education sector that would need to be required, you know, to be required. Yep. Um, there'd be a lot of new um, construction ability uh, trying to build um, homes for people. So, um, you know, publicly funded um, housing, which is, um, you know, green and renewable. Yep. Um, setting up an Australian manufacturing industry again in green steel um, and regrowing the arts and creative sector. So those are just a few, um, I guess, examples um, of what specific jobs um, would be created. I actually found a report for anyone who might be interested in listening to it. It's completely fine if you're not, because um, we are going to cover it, but it is called Creating Effective Local Labour Markets, a new framework for regional employment policy. Um, and that is by the Centre of Full Employment and Equity in Australia. So if you are interested in actually looking more de detailed at what local jobs would be providing a jobs guarantee, there are plenty of reports out there, but that's a good example of one um, that can get into the specifics if you are, are we, interested. Are we going into that now? Well, I thought it would be good to go into I'd, next. I'd, I'd, is, actually, I'd love to hear it. Well, see, I um, I didn't, like, I think the examples we've talked about, um, I pulled as, I guess, a more of a macro um, broader understanding for people to view. I didn't really go into yeah. the, the specific for the report. I thought people could go into that themselves if they're interested. Did you want to add something? No, um, no, I was more just going to, you know, listen. Yeah, we'll see. I, um... We, maybe we can do a follow-up um, episode yeah. on the specifics. Um, I just didn't want to go at a, at a macro level on this. I wanted to keep it, I guess, at a macro level for this episode rather than going to the, the straight specifics. Let but it is a good it, report. Let us let us know what you think in the comments below. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the comments, yeah, for, for podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I thought, I don't know if you've seen, James, but... I, I've seen a few comments like, um, you know, isn't the jobs guarantee just like a work for the dole program? You know, why yes. isn't this just a reinstituted stuff like that? That seems to be a common sentiment out there. Um, so I thought it'd be good to touch on that as well. Um, I've got a few points down here. Um, I'll... Liberal arguments, a liberal word, dole. Yeah, it's a, well, it's, it's a demonizing word as it well. It is, like, it is, dole. It's... Yes. Um, yeah, so well, I guess I'll go through a few points and then you just jump in at any time, James. Yep. Um, so basically, um, I've got a few points like work for um, isn't providing the secure employment um, with conditions consistent with the norms established in the community. Um, and that's with respect to um, the non-wage benefits, you know, um, that, that are associated with like jobs that we, you know, that the private sector might provide. So when we talk about work for Dole, 
that that those start those types of things aren't provided when you're working for the doll um, you know working for the doll programs um, they don't ensure that um, stable living incomes are provided to any of the workers on the program um, you know it's a program where the state uh, the state extracts a contribution from um, the unemployed for their welfare payments um, but the state uh, takes no responsibility for the failure um, of the economy to generate um, any of the jobs. Um, another point is that the work for the doll programs don't actually give workers the skills um, that the private sector would um, desire and therefore uh, work for doll programs really do contribute to a, like a long-term policy of allowing unemployment to continue. So, you know, for me, I, I think it's a bit of a paradox because the aimed goal of the coalition government's, um, you know, strategy to have these mutual obligation um, work for the doll schemes is the the premise is that they they have to get their job, they should be getting their job back in the private sector. They shouldn't, they should be stopping um, their use of the social benefits that are provided um, by the government. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, you've got to look at it and saying, but if the pathway to getting a job back in the private sector or the public sector for that matter, doesn't actually give you the, the training. Like, so the, if this program, Work for Door program is meant to give you a job back, if it doesn't actually give you the training or the skills that those sectors want, then isn't it self-defeating? Like, isn't it a stoop? Isn't it such a paradoxical self-defeating um, kind of policy there that, um, you know, we can really pick apart? Um, and that's the what we were touching on before. I, I do think um, that, that unemployment is a political choice um, and it's not an inherent function of our system. Um, it really is up to what we decide to be the normal and what we decide um, that we would want to accept for society. Um, so I guess that's just to touch on a few points. That's a, that's a lot to take in. Yeah. That's a lot. I, I don't know, it's just like the, 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 the debate between both like um, basic income and um, job guarantee, like they basically stand at the same principle, like kind of like you really have to let the policy provide an opportunity to like support all platforms, uh, to perform socially, sorry. Um, so it's basically kind of just like the participation principle, you know, as long as we can get workers back into the public sector and out of the hands of maybe the private sector, which has proven to be uh, very competitive based on more quality over quantity. Yeah, um, a bit arbitrary. Yeah, mm. exactly. So it's like, while, why, why not go for a program that is going to be supporting the young, the retired, the disabled? Um, you know, not that they're burdens in society, but it's because they need this support. Mm. Um, and we do have a strong economy to support that and stable, and it's stable enough, basically. But yeah, so I think it's a useful activity to serve the public purpose. Yeah, yeah, no, and I think, um, yeah, what you said is 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 true. Like, I mean, the work work for the doll programs, um, you know, just yeah, just don't really provide much value um, for society as a whole. It's just a demonising effort um, that makes people feel worse i think about themselves um and i guess in way of comparison i guess in people what what they'd say is like well you know um what what does the job guarantee offer as a comparison well you know the, the job guarantee the state does assume responsibility um and pays workers award conditions for their work so they'd actually get um salaries that are comparable if not better than what the private sector could offer at a time so thereby they're setting the minimum they're, they're actually redefining what the minimum wage is 
Um, and then under the job guarantee, workers could remain employed for as long as they wanted um, to wanted the work. Um, there'd actually be no compulsion, and this is um, what what um, some of the um, modern monetary theory advocates um, you know proclaim is that there there actually shouldn't be a compulsion for them to seek private sector work if they don't want to. Um, yeah. And another factor of the the job guarantee would that they would actually be able to choose full time hours or any fraction thereof. So like they could choose part time if they wanted to support you know, um, study or something else. Like it could be very flexible. So I guess, and it also, the job guarantee is going to provide skills that are desired by the private sector if you do want to go into that type of work because it's actually providing meaningful work for the community that will serve us um, for years to come into the future. Um, You know, I guess that's, I mean, you know, I guess that's kind of touched on, I guess, some of the differences between the work for the Dole program um, and the job guarantee. So did you want to recap off anything there, James, on, no, on the work for the doll? Well, I mean, actually, I think you did mention, I forgot to say before, is like with the whole universal income, uh, universal basic income versus the job guarantee argument, it, it is an interesting one. Um, and I think from what I've read, um, the job guarantee from a macroeconomics perspective would be better for the economy um, because it provides, um, it keeps the economy at productive capacity while yeah. it's assuming that people actually want a purpose with their life and um, offering them to a, a chance to do that without having to be soul sucked in terms of applying for the mutual obligation stuff that they have to currently do on our welfare programs. But it's not to say also that it would rid us um, of anyone who doesn't want to take part in the work, uh, the, the job guarantee and who who is you know wanting to just um, take some time off or maybe they can't work for whatever reason, there would still be a wage that would be given to them. So it would be, I guess, a, a form of a universal basic income um, because we would still have the capacity to pay people who weren't um, participating in the jobs guarantee program. But I think a lot of people might argue with that as they say, well, how could you have both? You know, if, if people could just sit at home and do nothing, wouldn't they just do that? I just feel like that's an overplayed argument. I feel like that's just... Um, trotted out by mainstream media to kind of say, well, you know, it could never work and just, you know, trash all the ideas of the job guarantee and and that type of thing. Whereas I actually don't think the evidence supports that. I think people do want a a purpose with their lives um, and they want to do something that matters. And I think giving them the opportunity to do that in a way that's actually socially inclusive and doesn't, you know, make a joke of them, I think would actually go far better with people rather than the opposite approach. What do you think, James? Yeah, I feel like a small minority like is represented to kind of play into that image. And there's a vast majority that, like you said, actually do want to jump into those programs. Um, no, I got really nothing else. <clears throat> Sorry to add. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's yeah, it's an interesting debate. Maybe we can go into a universal basic income um, if people are interested in another episode. But um, it is definitely it's definitely become a debate, like the jobs guarantee versus universal basic income. Whereas I think. Um, you know, let's take the universal, and let's say, you know, there'll still be a wage offered to people who don't want to participate, but the jobs guarantee would be a much more substantial offering to I institute, I think. One of the, actually, now that I, one of the things I did read is like, what basic universal, oh, sorry, um, oh my God, what the job guarantee basically keeps coming in with this whole, like, you know, we're going to get, but like, we're going to destroy the poverty line, you know, it's never going to actually, you know, eliminate poverty as such but it still seems to be such a big thing they hold over the head of job guarantee 
Like it's you want the like, universal basic income. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, well, the poverty is not just a function of lack of ad adequate income. Yeah. It's it, it is it's more one holistic. Of the factors, but like you know, we can't think that providing income alone uh, eliminates poverty. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I guess it is more of a holistic view that poverty might not just be defined by the amount of income or wealth someone has. Um, and then this is this is kind of like when we step out the realm of politics and then do go into like full economists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can let's save that for another episode. Um, but um, we'll yeah, it is. We'll get the graphs. Yeah, it's in it. Yeah, we'll get the graphs out, which will we we'll, we won't be able to actually show you over <laughs> podcast, but you know we'll we can see. do the. We do the classic, we'll leave it in the notes, but no one ever does leave it in the notes. Um, yeah. It's in the <laughs> um, works. It's, yeah, it's, it's in the works. It's always in the works. Um, so let's go on to the cost, the last thing we want to touch on today, um, because I think yeah. a lot of people might might be thinking by now, okay, well, you know, it sounds good, but really it's all about can we actually afford it? And, you know, it it's a fair enough question. You know, um, things do cost money. But the way I think I choose to look at it, and I think this is very, uh, I, I would say unique, but it's a, it's a minority opinion. Uh, well, it's not really opinion, it's a, it's perspective um, that I take with this is that um, it's from a modern, modern monetary um, theory perspective is that the Australian government can afford this program because it actually has no financial constraint as the issuer of Australian currency. So the real question for us when we're talking about the cost of this program really is, is there enough real capacity in the economy? So that's the available resources and output for the extra government spending. So is there enough, if the government wants to spend say, um, and we're gonna to get to this, but it's 62 billion is what, uh, 62, sorry, 26 billion is what um, Bill Mitchell has estimated for a jobs guarantee in Australia. That's what he's kind of forecasted on how much it would cost um, for a year or something like that. Um, you know, is there actually enough for that spending to take place in the economy for it to be absorbed? Is there enough employ um, employees out there to make uh, make up for the amount that that would cause in terms of people going out and spending more? So can we keep up with that extra spending in the economy? So if we think about it, like when when the government would spend money, so it's gonna pay all these people to go out and create jobs, it's, that's gonna cost the, the public, um, you know, uh, money in terms of the fact that it'll be spending people uh, money on wages, but it'll also need to spend money on materials and all of the all of the um, the raw materials that go into that. So the question really um, isn't about how much it's going to cost, but is it going to increase inflation? Um, so is all of this extra money in the economy going to force a surge in demand in terms of are all these people who are going to be on it going to just overload the economy and the economy like is in terms of the people, the things that they're buying just can't keep up. So the prices go up. That's the question we need to be asking, not actually the price tag and which the, the program would cost. Um, that's, that's the way that I look at the, the costing um, of the jobs guarantee. Um, I guess, you know, talking about the fact that do we have enough employee, like do we have enough employees out there or people out there to, to be able to make this work? Well, you know, our current employment rate um, is sitting above the reported level, um, which I last looked was 6.2. It's, it's more probably like 9.7. Um, because there's a lot of variables that aren't included um, in the capture of the data that is being officially um, broadcasted. Um, you know, most of the fall on the labour force um, uh, is hidden unemployment. Um, so people who haven't satisfied the activity tests in that survey um, that, that is taken to actually gauge the unemployment rate um, because they've, they've given up um, on actually looking for a job. 
Um, the question you might have is what's a labor force um, out of that? So, um, so the labor force is actually a subset of the working age population. So it's people above the ages of 15. Um, and it's the proportion of that uh, people who are above 15 that constitute the labor force. So that's actually, um, you know, the people that are actually able to work um, out there uh, who are above 15 years old. Um, so that can then um, form as a labor participation rate. Um, so then when we're looking at this and we're saying, well, you know, if it's not the cost, uh, you know, how much, um, you know, capacity do we have to be able to absorb the government spending money on a, on a massive program like this? Well, I guess you could make the argument that currently there is a lot of capacity in the economy because we could put a lot of people to work because um, we're talking about percentages here. But, you know, we're talking about, you know, two or more million people who are unemployed currently. So, you know, by giving them a job and putting them to work on all these areas, um, we, we can actually keep up and not, um, I would say, I would argue that inflation wouldn't really be an issue. Um, is that making sense, James? Um, yeah. There's a bit of a... It's just trying to understand your general direction you're going because mm. you're taking this big, like, you know, it, it kind of feels like we're moving the direction that we want to make this possible, but it kind of sounds like it cannot be possible if that's making sense. Like, why do you say maybe that it couldn't be possible? I'm not like that. I just feel like that's the from basically what you said about earlier about two minutes ago. Who was yeah. the name of the economist? Oh, William Mitchell. William Mitchell. Um, it's just like, why haven't we attempted to do this before? Why has it been so devastating for other governments to do mm. in uh, decades and decades ago? Like, it definitely sounds like on paper, yes, why aren't we doing this? But is it the right thing to be doing? Are we just going to be putting a lot of resources and a lot of time into something that's just going to explode on us? Like, well, when you say, I think, and this is a good point actually, because this is what my people might be thinking, and it's definitely what News Corp will probably want to, I guess, advertise. But what, when you say explode on us, like, what do you think? people might be thinking when they're thinking, well, you know, we're going to spend all this money, it's going to come back on. Yeah. What do you think that that's defined for people? What do you mean defined for people? Like well, when we talk about like it coming back to hurt us or it's going to come back in our faces, do, what do people, I, I'm trying to capture what people might be thinking in terms of that. Like how would it be, um, you know, how would you become as an individual disadvantaged from the government doing this? I think like for people who might be thinking, oh, it's just not. That we know, have this not, type of incentive and program, like um, that is, you know, locally administrated in mm. our area and that's all well and good. And then all of a sudden it has to get cut. And then you're left back at square one. Mm. And then it's just going to be complete mayhem when it comes to um, the party who's enacted this and they don't want to be close to the smoking gun. And it's just going to be a whole bunch of finger pointing. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, well, I mean, that's the chaos that, that, um, will want, that, that the right will probably try to spread about this type of thing. Um, I, I would say that um, this should have been instituted, and this is what are the, the you know William Mitchells and people like that have advocated. It should it should be here in the economy forever. This should be a, the job guarantee should always be um, uh, running during an economy to actually make it uh, productive one hundred percent of the time. So really, we should have this should have been in place before the the pandemic, but. Um, it has been dismantled by, I guess, um, private, you know, uh, corporations who fund um, parties like the Liberal Party in Australia or uh, the Republicans in America. Um, I think it, it's always dismantled because 
um, corporations um, and the private sector don't like the fact that it would give employees and people out there more bargaining power oh, because if you think, yeah, yeah well, because if you think about it, the way I look at it is, is that if the government guarantees a certain amount of money, so I'd say it's, um, you know, six, uh, I, don't, I don't know, this is just a random figure. Let's just say 60,000 a year um, for, uh, you know, a, a bottom line type of job, say, um, I, I, you know, in a, in a local community. Let's say the private sector is looking to spend again and that's what the government is paying the bottom person on that level. They can't really offer that person any less than that. So then it becomes a game of saying, well, what's, uh, you know, what are they going to offer that worker? So they've got to offer them a bit more because why, why would they, why would they um, leave their job? So then we start to get at the fact of saying like the employees would be empowered more um, and corporate profits, like this whole profit incentive would actually be eroded a little bit because what we've seen over the past 20 years is that workers' wages in the private sector have stagnated and it's all gone to the top group of executives. Um, and I think that, you know, they would have to start to actually bargain with the fact that they're going to have to start to pay employees um, in order for them to be able to be successful. So I think that's what, what could happen as a result of the program. Yeah, which is which is brilliant. But are we going to see this kind of like a battle between the private and public sector? You know, mm. services that are of the same provider, you know, fighting out who's going to put more money into their infrastructure, the private or the public sector? Mm. So, well, that's that's a great question. I think that needs to be defined. So, like, the public needs yeah, to say... Yeah, I'd, I'd like to better put it into a better example other than just being so um, loose mm. with it, but you know what I mean? Like, Well, I, I think you're saying, like, you know, um, if it's a certain... Um, Oh, let's just say wind farm or whatever. Like, so yeah, let's, let's just use to, that. I like, to, I want you to say like rail network. Uh, yeah, yeah, rail network. Do we go with a public one or a private one? Yeah. So if you look at that, we have to actually. I think what the government should be doing, who is going to institute this, would have to say, we think these things are universal and uh, of human rights. So we would say healthcare, we would say transport, we would say all these things. Yeah. They, the government, should have a monopoly on that um, as a service because. We think that those these things as a society have to benefit everyone, not just a private entity. So then you would allow the private sector to fit into whatever things aren't defined, I guess, as you know, uh, universal rights. I suppose that's kind of what I'm thinking um, about that. It is a good point, though. Like that's some of the things that I th I'm sure uh, if we got someone on who was um, yeah. into these theories, probably be able to explain at a more complex level. Have a field day. Um, yeah, they would. I mean, and another thing, like we're talking about the unemployment rate at being at, you know, 9.7 or whatever, but the actual um, underutilization rate of labor in Australia, so the labor force, um, which is, um, you know, people who are not in, uh, people who are not in the labor force, um, who did not look for a work during the past four weeks, but who wish um, and are available to work, um, that includes those people, it includes the underemployed um, workers expressed as a ratio. Um, so that, that actual rate, the underutilization rate of the labor force in Australia is actually sitting at 23%, and that's at the highest it's ever been in Australian history. So with an underutilization rate in the economy, so people who are unemployed, people who are employed but they're looking for more work, they're underemployed, and people who have just given up looking for a job, so they're not actually registering into these surveys yeah. that calculate that, that's as a ratio or a percentage or whatever, um, is at 23% um, of the labor force. So if we're, you know, and I mean, I guess it gets starting to get complex in terms of the total population all that, but let's just say um, you know, it's 23% is at the highest it has ever been in Australian history. I mean, with that in mind, you know, 
that absorption rate, if we spent um, money into the economy to be able to support, um, you know, could we actually support that? I think we could, like 23% is a massive amount. The, the only trouble, what, what people might say is, well, what's the limit then? If, if we have, if there's no financial constraint, like if, if the job, if, if we're saying that, or if I'm saying that the government doesn't ever have to worry about the cost, well, the only constraint is, is if we reach full employment, so we do institute a jobs guarantee and everyone is, the unemployment rate is close, is close to full employment as it can be. Um, in, in terms of excluding people who can't, who aren't able to be employed for whatever reason, that is when you start to run into issues because if people are, if we're at full employment um, and we start to spend say endless amounts of public funds, that's when we start to see inflation because there's not enough workers out there to produce what we actually need, what, what people are gonna start to buy with the extra income into the economy. So that's what I would argue. But you know, that this argument I feel like I've made and maybe, you know, it, it is a new concept to a lot of people. It, it go, I think you could make a whole other argument to people that that could be the fact that we could pay for this. <laughs> like if we want to go back to the old argument, which I don't really believe anymore, because I guess I'm, I'm really looking into this modern monetary theory is that we could, we could pay for this through the old typical argument of taxation. And, um, you know, we'll, we will, uh, you know, take away the subsidies we give mining companies and we'll, we will um, actually tax corporations. You know, all of that combined would be enough to pay for it, regardless of whether you believe in-, in What in, utopia are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know this is probably a lot for, for people um, to take in. Um, and I suggest you look it up if you are intrigued into the theory I was talking about. It but sounds like a dream. Yeah, it is kind of, well, it is kind of a dream. I mean, when I when, I, when you look up this stuff on, yeah. I, mean, I look it up, I don't know how, how many other people is, and you look up these policies, it, it reads so well, it gets me excited. But I think You're like, has it anyone does, else read this? Yeah, yeah. But, and people just get cynical again and they go, oh, I just can't be, I feel like, we need that visionary. We need to capture people's imagination again um, in politics and, and in society. And we need to believe that there's a possibility for better, for, for something out there to be done. And it's not, it's not going to be done through the major parties. It's just not going to happen. It's easy for people to believe whatever the big man on the TV says mm. rather than take initiative. And... Well, that's, and that's what we hope to do, I guess, if people do listen yeah. into this podcast, is we try to offer that alternate perspective and try to capture the imagination of people to say, well, maybe there is another way. Maybe, you know, maybe to there our, isn't. To our uh, Scandinavian uh, demographic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, some of the people who might Shout be out. listening. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> to, to Denmark and Sweden and the, the, one, the 1% on the, on the a- analytics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's, um, we've talked about a lot. Uh, I hope that we've, it, we've covered it all. <laughs> we have, we've covered a lot. Hey, like I think I, I hope it made sense for people. I, I tend mean, to get carried away. I guarantee this is it. This is the whole plan. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just come to us for uh, advice <laughs> on how to institute this. Don't listen to the smucks with the graphs and stuff. You don't need no, that. no, don't listen to economists. No. no. Um, they work for the private sector. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. Um, no, I just hope people got some value out of today. Uh, you know, even if it's just to be a bit more familiar with this phrase of job guarantee and what it is, um, if we've just made some sense of it for you. Um, You'll be hearing it a lot more. Yeah, you are going to be hearing it a lot more. Um, and I think, you know, remembering some of the things we've talked about and the fact that it has such a massive play um, and it has so many um, avenues for to, to, for it to make uh, society and then the economy better as a whole is good to remember 
Um, hopefully you didn't get too lost at the end there. Um, I do, yeah, I get carried away with talking about um, MMT a little bit. Um, so maybe I need to remember that it's a pretty minority perspective just right a bit now. Of monetary theory. Yeah, just dropping a bit of economic a bit of theory, MMT. but MMT. But a bit of MMT, but um, yeah, I hope I hope everyone got uh, some use. We will um, we'll be back soon when we feel like there's another topic that um, that you might uh, find important to know or want to learn about, um, or one that we might find interesting that we want to share. So um, I reckon next time I I mean, next time I'm up there, I reckon when I come in your house, I'm gonna see like the MMT book on your desk. And you're like, oh, did it, I leave there that is there? literally there's a macro. I've got the macroeconomics textbook. <laughs> it's like, so oh crap, that, did I leave that there? Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Did we? I'll just start reading quotes. From yeah. <laughs> no. Um, well, I guess we'll finish it there. Um, do you have any closing remarks, James? I, I've talked um, so much, so you. No, no, not really. I'm just more than happy to, to be here and add my two cents when I can. Yeah. As much yeah. as it probably sounds like it is literally two cents. <laughs> That's okay. Your two cents is going to be more valuable with inflation. I don't know. I'm just You're so good at articulating your words, man. <laughs> no, I feel like it's going to lose uh, a lot of context. I don't know. Uh, okay, all right, let's finish it off. Um, thank you for listening, yeah. uh, and we will see you in the next episode. See ya.